Hello and welcome to the latest in Mortgage Strategies podcast series, Support Strategy. Today I'm joined by Jeremy Duncan, Director of Intermediary Distribution at Accord Mortgages. Hi Jeremy, thanks for joining me here today. Hi Becky, you alright? I am not too bad, how are you? Yes, yes, coping. Good, well that's the first, the first question and I think it's a very important question at the moment is how have you actually been dealing with lockdown personally and professionally? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it feels like we've been in this for a long time now. So we're approaching seven months. Um, and, I, and I think after such a really good first quarter for, for us and for, for most lenders, really, the market was very buoyant during January, February and approaching into March. Um, and we'd had a you know great first, first start of the year, some very good signs. And then for it all to come to a, a crashing halt in, in March and be told we all had to work from home. Um, so a lot of things had to be done very quickly. You know, we, we overnight moved all of our team to working from home. Um, BDMs, that's probably a little bit easier to do because they, you know, they're used to doing that. But uh, for our business development advisors who are based in an office answering the phone, they had to move from home, move to work from home overnight. Um, and from answering phones, they moved straight onto web chat because the, the telephony systems didn't work from, from home. So, yeah, we've, we've had all of our business development advisors working on web chat for the last six months and, and doing a fabulous job. Um, you know, this is a brand new way of working for them. And then for the BBMs, uh, you know, having to, to do meetings on, on video calls, having to spend a lot more time on the phone. Um, you know, it's turned everybody's lives upside down work-wise. And, you know, from my point of view, um, I've been sat in my office in uh, in Leeds for the last seven months, but it feels like in the same same room. So, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the, the market people, certainly in our roles, um, used to speaking to people face-to-face um, from, a, from a mental health point of view. That's, that's very difficult. But, yeah. you know, the, the, the use of video call um, has been vitally important um, and, and I think people have adapted brilliantly well not only our team but brokers as well you know they've had to change their world um, so yeah in, in some ways we've learned a lot we I think we've probably moved on two or three years in terms of technology and how we're using that technology so we will have learned a lot when we come out the other side of this but really I'm keen to get back out and start seeing some people face to face rather than just over video absolutely so do you think um you'll move forward like using more kind of Zoom calls, team meetings in place of face-to-face or will you, would you rather kind of go back to the way it was before the pandemic? Yeah, I don't think we'll go back, not, not to the way it was. Uh, things have moved on too much from there. And, and, and I think we've found some efficiencies that we didn't have before, but I do think we'll have a hybrid model. Um, the power of face-to-face, the power of relationships, being in the same room with someone, having a bit more time, um uh, yeah they're vitally important things that need to carry on but probably not four or five days a week driving around the country um for for you know hundreds of miles to go and do a 20 minute presentation or a um you know a, a 15 minute meeting so a lot more efficiency i think will be created and i do think that that hybrid model um was where we were heading but we've got there probably two or three years sooner than we would have done Jeremy, you wrote a column recently for Mortgage Strategy calling on other lenders to join Accord in the high LTV space. Has that happened? Have more come onto the market? How, are, how is it looking? 
and that space for you. <laughs> it feels very strange to be writing anything that suggests that we would like more competition uh, and more people to join us. So that was a, a sort of strange concept. But I think what I was trying to say on that one is that the the, the problem we have is we have um, appetite to lend at 90%, but the capacity is the challenge for us. And you'd have seen over the last few weeks and months, we've, we've tried to stay out in the 90% as long as we could. But then we've had to pull back because the service levels that we were uh, getting up against weren't weren't just weren't acceptable for us. You know, service is something we pride ourselves on. So once we get to a certain point, we have to pull back. Uh, you automatically then get a really big spike of business that comes in on the day that you pull, uh, mm-hmm. and that takes you a while to work through. So without that um, increased supply in the 90% market, there is definitely demand. We we can see there's demand out there. But without the supply, it does mean that the normal rhythm for us will have to be coming in for a relatively short period of time and then stepping back out again. So I think if we did have more lenders in that space, it would mean we could stay out for longer. Um, It also means at the moment that we have to restrict our criteria. Um, So, for example, at the moment, we're not doing 90 percent for remortgage, which we were doing before before lockdown. Uh, And we would like to be able to do that. But we have to make a choice on um, how we how we take the volume in that we want. So our choices, and this is a really interesting question that you know I'd, I'd like some of the listeners to come back on as well. Um, you know, in terms of trade-offs, um, they're the choices that we have to make. You know, do we stay out for longer and make our service worse? Do we put the prices up to try and stem demand? Um, do we restrict criteria even more? Um, and, and, and stop lending to even more people to make it almost an elite product. Uh, and there's lots of choices and, and, and things that we have to try and balance. At the moment, we're trying to keep our criteria as wide as possible. So we don't want to necessarily restrict on things like credit score or loan to income, which is one way to limit the volumes. So our, mm-hmm. our choice has been that we will lend to first time buyers um, at our standard 90 percent criteria. Um, but it does mean that the trade-off is that we can't um, lend, for example, remortgage business. Okay. And, and they're the things we have to work on. So any feedback from, from brokers, and we've, we've recently done internally a series of roundtable conversations, um, not for external um, videos, but internally for us to try and understand with our key lending partners what they would like. Uh, and I think the other part of this has been really important to us is communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure we try and signpost what we're doing, why we're doing it, and some of the decisions behind, you know, what we're what we're deciding to do. Uh, but it's the trade-off. Until we get more people in the market, we have to continue doing that, and and you will see that rhythm continuing with us. You know, we see here brokers all the time. They're kind of frustrated because they're trying to get products for their clients, and they're on hold with lenders for hours, and the product could be gone. It's not available anymore once they get through, or you know, criteria changes at the last minute, but you you introduced this one or two day strategy where you brought the high LTV products back and you flagged up that it would be for a brief period of time. Is that to kind of give people the heads up like that you can do it now or you won't be able to do it yeah. next week? Or Yeah, yeah. the feedback from brokers has been that, um, you know, the, the longer we can stay out, obviously the better, but the more notice we can give ahead of that um, allows the broker to go away and actually have those conversations. Um, so I think one day, the feedback we've had has been quite difficult for brokers. You know, we, we haven't gone out for a one day sale. We, we've, we've gone out for a minimum of two. Um, 
and I think two days is is probably the shortest that we want to go out there for. Um, but also when you're talking about notice, you know, we, for example, what we've done is we've gone out as early as possible on Friday morning to say it's launching on Monday for two days. So effectively, you've got all day Friday over the weekend and then Monday, Tuesday to, to, to get those products out. And it's not perfect. That's not ideal, but it's um, it's the best we can do with the circumstance we've talked about before. But I think that communication being up front and, and explaining what we're doing and why is, is really important for brokers to try and give them as, as much time as possible to get those products in. Absolutely. I mean, it's better to be in the market than not in it at all. Isn't it? Um, how are the other areas of the market performing then, Jeremy, and not just the high LTV space? How is buy to let doing for you guys? Buy to let's been remarkably steady. Um, in fact, we're slightly up on, on, on buy to let. Um, more purchase business than we probably expected. Um, you know, I think the people were sounding the death knell for for buy to let purchase in 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 particular. Um, remortgage business is still out there, and that's still very steady. But yeah, we have actually seen over the last six months more purchase business coming through. So that's been been um, a, a steady market for us. Um, the other areas are lower loan to value areas. I mean, people have obviously moved out of 95 completely. We were lending at 95 before lockdown. Uh, and I think that's a prudent decision with house price inflation concerns um, and, and, and you know, some sort of credit risk concerns at that very high loan to value. Um, but then moving from 95 down to 90 and then most lenders only being at 85, you know, we, it, it has been quite um, surprising how much business is still being written in those areas. So, you know, 85% is a very buoyant area um, and the purchase market's been incredibly strong in the last six months. Um, you know, now overtaking remortgage quite significantly. Um, so, yes, it's a change of shape of the market, more purchase than, than remortgage um, and buy to let remaining fairly steady. Do you know, how, like, what's your strategy when it comes to products at the moment? Because you can't really see, foresee, you know, when restrictions will be lifted or what the market's going to look like in a few weeks. Is it kind of a, as it, you know, play it by ear kind of approach with products or are you able to plan ahead? Yeah, I think we, we've got to look at the economy. So the, the main things that we have to be aware of when we're looking at things like products and criteria is what we think is going to happen. So from a capital and liquidity point of view, we're very well positioned. Um, so we have the money and we want to lend. And that's a really good starting point for us, particularly as a lender. Um, mm -hmm. The second part of that is then what we feel is going to happen in terms of the economy. And the, the, the main areas that we'll be looking at will be house price inflation. And then the overall economy and stability of that, particularly um, unemployment. And I think that's the one thing at the moment. So house price inflation has been very strong. Um, there was a, a nervousness that it would drop and therefore you know, immediately pulling out of 95% was sensible. But they, the house price inflation figures have held up and actually grown. Um, that's given us less concern in house price inflation. But the economy, you know, people's employment and for the end of the furlough scheme, they're things that we have to be you know, very aware of. However, it's not affecting every sector. Um, and so we, we're trying not to put blanket policies across the whole market because certain sectors are are, are going particularly well. You know, if you're, um, for example, working uh, in, in one of the key worker sectors, if you're in the NHS or if you're um, a delivery driver or you're working online, um, you know, those sectors are very, very buoyant. 
however, if you're in the hospitality sector, you know, we 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 need to be more more, more aware of that sector. So our policy, fortunately, is is based around common sense lending. Um, we make individual decisions on cases, and we're still doing that. So when you look at a case, or when our underwriters look at a case, they take it on its merits. So if somebody, you know, for example, is is working for for a supermarket and they're they're earning lots of overtime, we can see that continuing. Um, then we will be more flexible with that person rather than, unfortunately, maybe somebody who uh, who is working in a bar or a restaurant. What are your thoughts on the stamp duty cut? Do you feel like that that was a good move? Obviously, it did get the market moving, but maybe not in the areas that you know it needed to move in. What do you think? Do you think it should be continued? Anything that's that gave the market confidence, uh, I think, was useful. Um, so I think what that did do is signal the fact that um, you know, there was confidence in the market. People were then able to follow through their plans and, 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 and buy properties. I think there's a lot also because of lockdown, people have reassessed how they want to live. Um, you know, we, we're seeing more people looking for gardens, looking for uh, properties outside the city centre um, and looking at more family homes with maybe an extra bedroom or unfortunately people uh, decided that they spent six months inside with somebody that they uh, don't want to spend six months inside with uh, and therefore looking to, to to go their separate ways. So there's been a lot of that uh, and I think that's changing the shape of the market as well. But in terms of um, you know, how that's worked out, um, yeah, we, I think that's a, a, an important change that we need to consider going forward as well. But stamp duty itself helped at the time my concern is when we get to the end of March, um, what happens then? Because already we're seeing pent up demand and people starting to work towards that, that deadline date to the 31st of March. The problem is that also coincides with the end of help to buy on the same day. Um, and you can imagine from Christmas, um, the, the rush and the, the, the capacity challenges that's going to bring on lenders with their offers and completions, but also the conveyancing market um, and builders trying to finish houses on time. And I think that cliff edge of two things finishing on the same date is a really dangerous thing we need to be fully aware of. And I would like to see either help to buy or stamp duty decoupled from the same day uh, and, and, and probably move one of them moved out at least or phased so that we don't have that cliff edge where everybody's got to uh, complete by the 31st of March. Mm, that's a really interesting point, actually, Jeremy. Yeah, I didn't actually think of that. Um, how are you feeling for, let's say, I mean, restrictions have been extended now, so we're kind of looking into maybe 2021, things staying kind of the same. Are you feeling optimistic for things in the latter half of 2021 improving? Yeah. <coughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> no, yeah, who, who knows? Crystal ball time. But I, I think, you know, the, the public have got probably to a point now where they get a little bit um, fed up. You can see with some of the restrictions, um, uh, people getting frustrated. Um, uh, we all want the same thing. We all want a date when we know that. Uh, mm. I think if we had a date and we said from X, X date, we know it's going to be OK. But that's not going to happen. So I just think people will continue to be resilient. Um, you know, people will continue to find a way to make things work. And, uh, you know, whenever that is, whether it's whether it's January, February or June, July, um, you know, the, the good thing with this market, our market in the UK, is that we have a, a still a mismatch between supply and demand. You know, we, we have people wanting to move, wanting to remortgage. So I think that the underlying fundamentals of the market continue to be strong. 
Um, and, and therefore, you know, when we can get back to whatever normal is, the market is robust. And, and, and I, I am confident and I am bullish long term that the market will continue to perform. Um, and brokers will adapt because they're very, uh, very resilient people. And we've seen in all the previous crises that um, you know, brokers come through this really, really well because they they do a great job. Um, they, they look after their customers. And I think in the last six months in particular, those brokers with really good client retention strategies, really good relationships with their with their clients um, have, have stood out. Um, and, and, and I think at the moment, one thing that clients want is that contact communication relationship they need to know what's going on and they need someone to help them so the role of a broker i don't think has ever been more important um and just to finish up jeremy what would you kind of say to brokers what would you say is the most important element of you know how you work together to move things forward lenders and brokers yeah so i think two two things from our point of view is communication and two-way two-way dialogue um you know we don't want to do things to brokers we want to have those <laughs> conversations and try and explain um, and I, you know, I'm really happy to get feedback as to what we're doing, how it's going. Uh, you know, we get some lovely comments on on social media, um, pretty much almost po- positive comments about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think that's great to see. And what I hope is that um, you know people feel that Accord have supported the broker um, always, but particularly in the last six to twelve months with everything that we're we're trying to do. Um, our growth series has has developed even further, and in the last six months, we've we've put a lot more content out in the growth series to help brokers with uh, things like mental resilience, um, client strategies, retention strategies, website design, um, you know, things that they need to do online versus face to face. So the the growth series library has has evolved as well, and if anybody hasn't seen that recently, I would highly encourage them to to take a look at that on our website. So I think that type of thing we will continue to do. Any feedback the brokers have got, but it's a two-way relationship. Um, The final thing probably I think that we're we're talking about at the moment is asking brokers to help us to help them. Um, And what I mean by that is we have a finite capacity. Um, You know, our underwriters are best served underwriting cases. Um, and therefore, there's a there's a lot of things that will help the broker get better service um, by, f- for example, using our portal um, uh, on, our, on our website to get case updates. You know, you, <clears throat> you don't need to sit in a queue for 15 minutes to speak to someone to get a case update. You can go straight in uh, to our portal and get an immediate real time update on your case and that will save you time. Um, spending an extra 15, 20 minutes packaging a case on day one will probably save six or seven hours in the whole turnaround of that of that case because we won't need to come back to you and put you back into a queue again. So we will try and manage our service. We do want brokers to ring us where there's a case inquiry or you know you want to understand whether we'll do a particular case or you want to run something past us. But there's a lot of things where brokers can help themselves by looking at the website, checking out our turnaround times. Um, you know, if we, if we say our turnaround time is four days, there's no need to ring us after two because we won't be able to tell you anything. So it's those sort of things that you know help brokers get a better service. Um, and the more capacity we can use underwriting cases, the quicker service we can provide. So communication is key. Absolutely <laughs> vital. Okay, Jeremy, thank you so much for talking to me today. It was such an interesting chat and hope to see you in real life in the flesh soon. <laughs>